This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Rusty Gray and Toya Christian Fellowship. For more information, visit tcfministries.org. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I love you this morning. I want to thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, and all that you're doing in our lives. And everybody said... How many of you got your Tulia Christian Fellowship letter in the mail? I mailed out a prophetic letter. Uh, You remember I talked the last two weeks from Chuck Pierce. Uh, Everybody should have gotten one of these in the mail. If you did, I have some extra ones at the red desk, so don't leave without getting you one. There's 10 points on here, 10 things Chuck Pierce said that the Lord showed him, and I wanted you to have a copy of this so you'd have it and you'd be aware of it. And then what what I want to encourage you to do is you can pray this. Okay, you can incorporate this into your prayer time. And so I want to model it for you this morning. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to go through and pray it out loud. And I'm going to show you how to do it. This is amazing. So just, just let me go ahead. And you agree with me as I pray, okay? Father, I thank you this morning that we are established as a church at Tulia Christian Fellowship. That we are secure and strengthened, Father, in your favor and in your blessing. Father, I thank you that we are not carried away by strange doctrines, but our hearts are established in your grace. Father, I thank you that we don't have to strive this year, that I don't have to struggle to get your attention, and that you never take your eyes off of us. Father, I thank you that you're going to do surprises in our life this year, that you bring serendipity, which is unpursued blessings. Father, I thank you that we let our faith be seen this year, that, Lord, we use our faith this year, and we trust you for the impossible. Father, we look back in our lives and we remember how good you've been to us and how you've brought us to where we are today. Father, thank you that your atmosphere is filled with plenty. And Father, I'm not afraid to ask big and that, Father God, that you love to give to us. Father, I thank you that you give us more influence in the gates, that we have authority, Father, that we have a voice and that we go into our world and we're not afraid to speak the truth. Father, I thank you that you deal with us this year. Lord, I want you to deal with me and that I'm not going to worry about anyone else. Father, I thank you last that you pour healing and grace on my bloodline, on my family, and that I see a manifestation of what I've been praying for this year in Jesus' name. And everybody said, whoa, whoa. If you don't have one, get you one on the way out the door. Take time and use that, and it'll bless you and minister to you. Amen? All right. I'm going to read to you this morning out of Hebrews chapter 11. The last two weeks, I talked to you about what Chuck Pierce said at Trinity. Two of the things he said that I just prayed are, God wants you to let your faith be seen, and he wants you to use your faith. So what I want to do this morning is I want to take time and show you out of the New Testament what faith is to make sure that you have it and that you know that you're using it. So I want to read to you this morning out of Hebrews 11, verse 6. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and I'm going to take this verse, and I'm going to show you three truths that are in this verse. So let me read it to you. Hebrews 11, 6, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists, and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, I would bet this morning that probably every one of you in here have a desire to please God. I know that I do. I want my life to please God. I believe one of the reasons you're here this morning 
is because you want your life to please God. This verse says very plainly that it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. So I would think it would matter whether we understand faith or not. Now, if I can't have faith, if it's something that God does sovereignly and he gives it to some people and some people he doesn't, if I don't have any way to get it, then in my book that would make God unjust and I would have a right to challenge him on this. But he's not unjust. He has told us in the New Testament, I'm going to show you this morning how you can have faith. So if you don't have faith, it's not God's fault, it's our fault. Amen? So the very first thing it says is, it's impossible to please God without faith. Think of all the things we do as Christians trying to please God. And I'm not saying they're bad things. But we do all kinds of different things when the Bible very plainly and very simply says that when you do something, if you do it in faith, it pleases God. If you do it and you don't do it in faith, it doesn't please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Here's the second thing it says. It says anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Here's the second truth I want you to see in this verse. This has to do with existence. I know each of you believe in God or you wouldn't be here. I know that. You got up this morning and you came to this place and you came because you want to learn, you want to grow, you got things going on in your life and probably every one of you would say, hey pastor, I believe in God. Now, Vicky's father, who lives in San Antonio, he does not believe in God. And he is not in any church this morning because he does not believe in God. So the first clue to faith is that you believe that God exists. And since I know that you do, you have the first steps of faith. The Bible says God's given to every man a measure of faith. Then the next thing it says is that you must believe that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, I don't want you to miss this. This is a character issue. All right, there's three things in this verse. The first thing is this. It's impossible to please God without faith. The first step in your faith is that you believe God exists. The second step in your faith is that you believe he's a rewarder. Now, listen to me. I know there's some of you in here this morning and you struggle with that simple fact. You've been taught otherwise about the character of God. But the New Testament very plainly and very simply says that when you think about God, one of the bedrock foundational truths in your life better be that God is a rewarder. The Bible says in James that if you'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Do you know how to make God more real in your life? Take time to read the Bible and take time to talk to him. Listen, the more you talk to Jesus daily, the more real he will become in your life. The more you converse with him regularly, the more real he will become in your life. If you'll take time to read your Bible, I talk to Christians all the time who say, Pastor, I want to get closer to God. How do I get closer to God? It's very, very simple simple. You turn toward him. You're doing it this morning. Amen. You're doing it this morning. You took out time out of your Sunday morning to come and worship together and be together and to hear the scripture. 
So you believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Now, before I move on, I want to make sure this is solid inside of you. God is a rewarder. He wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to touch you. He wants to converse with you. He wants to know you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be in your daily life. And he wants to reward you. That's the first baby steps toward faith. Hey, it's impossible to please God without it. So I better find out what I need to do to get it. Amen. I'm going to go to another scripture. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 10, Romans 10, and I'm going to start reading with verse 8. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Verse 8 says, in fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips, and it is in your heart. Stop right there. What in the world is that talking about, Pastor? What that verse is saying is that we don't have to go to heaven to get a hold of God. We don't have to go down into the earth to get a hold of God. See, lots of Christians worship the God in the sky. Who is that? Well, that's God up in heaven. And see, I'm here and he's there and I talk to him and I hope he's listening and I hope he's paying attention because he's out there somewhere. No, no, the Bible says he's on the inside of me and he's on the inside of you. It says right here in this verse that he's as close as my lips and my heart. That's how you got saved, amen? Amen. You believed with your heart and you said with your mouth. And that's what we're fixing to read. All right, listen to the next verse. It says, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. That's what I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching the message of faith to you. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many of you have done that? Yeah, you've done that. I've done it. I did it when I was 12 years old. The Baptist pastor came to our house and he sat down on my mother's green velour couch and he explained the gospel. And when he did, faith was sparked in my heart and I believed and I said, I believe I'll have some of that. My brother believed, my mother believed, and my father believed. And we all received Jesus as our savior. Let me continue to read. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Now stop right there. I want to say that one more time slowly so you don't miss it. It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Believing that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead for you. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Stop right there. I want you to focus on the word generous. Now, I've used two words this morning. God is a rewarder and he's generous. He is a generous rewarder. All right. I saw in the news last night, the lottery's like up 10 trillion billion dollars and all those poor, sad folks who are out buying tickets, trying to win something. Now I like the lottery. I love the lottery. No, I do. You know why? Because there's no state sales tax because I mean, uh, income tax because of the lottery, right? 
It's a poor man's tax. All those people who don't trust God have to go buy their ticket hoping for their 100 millionth chance in the world, right, to win something. Listen, I don't have to do that. You know why? My God is a generous rewarder. He's a generous rewarder. Don't you love that? Man, my God rewards generously. How do I get in line for that, pastor? All you do is turn toward him. That's all you do. James says you start walking toward him, and he'll start walking towards you, and he'll reward you generously. Listen, you're in line for a reward because you're here this morning. Because you're seeking him. Amen? You got up, got dressed, put on deodorant. Maybe. Perfume, combed your hair. I didn't have to, amen? But I'm here because I want something from God. And it says that he will reward you generously. Now let, now let me keep reading. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Who's this for? Anybody that wants it, right? Let me keep reading. But how can they call on him to be saved? Excuse me, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? I'm telling you this morning, the King James says, unless a preacher is sent. Verse 15, how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Now stop right there. God sent me to Tulia, Texas to tell you about Jesus. He sent me to this city to tell the people of this city that you need Jesus as your Savior. That is the only reason I'm here is because he sent me. Now, let me continue to read. This is what the Scripture says. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. I want you to see my beautiful feet this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you have ever told anybody about Jesus? You have, right? Yeah. Okay, you have beautiful feet too. Amen. This doesn't belong to preachers. This belongs to everybody. So if you've ever told anybody, hey, you need Jesus in your life, the Bible says you have beautiful feet. Do you know why? Because when they get to heaven, they're going to run across heaven. They're going to throw themselves into your arms, and they're going to say, oh, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for sharing the gospel with me. Thank you for loving me and praying for me, and I get to be here forever. Thank you. Then you're both going to run over and dive on Jesus. Jesus, and you're going to say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for not letting me go to hell. Then you're going to stand at the white throne judgment as the lost are judged and cast into the lake of fire. And the people that you rub shoulders with every day are going to look at you and say, you must have hated me. You must have despised me. Because you didn't care enough to say, hey, do you know Jesus? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's ma it matters. Amen? It matters. It matters. The Bible says their blood is going to be on our hands. And we don't say anything because we're embarrassed. Or we don't say anything because we don't want people to not like us. Remember, I talked about that last week. Remember? How could anybody not like me? Amen? Right? Right. But listen, we want them to know Jesus. Now, let me continue to read. Listen to what it says. It says, but not everyone welcomes the good news. Is everybody going to want it? Oh, no, they're not. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Now, stop right there. I want you to see something really important. 
Not everybody you share Jesus with is going to want Jesus. But you don't stop telling them. You don't stop talking to people about Jesus. When the pastor came to my house and I was a 12-year-old boy, faith was sparked in my heart and I believed and I received Jesus as my Savior and I was born again. Vicky's dad has heard the gospel. She has shared it with him. I've shared it with him. Kurt has shared it with him. And Ashley has shared it with him. But he doesn't believe. See, it's not just hearing it. You have to believe it in your heart. And because he doesn't believe it, there's been no faith stirred. Listen, one of the hardest things I deal with as a pastor. Now, I want to share with you one of my most paramount struggles as a pastor is this. We can't save everybody. When we go across the street on Wednesdays to Ground Zero, we have teenagers who choose the world. They choose darkness and they choose the enemy. And it always breaks my heart. We have kids who come to Ground Zero and they act up. And we don't kick them out because I so hope they'll hear the gospel and want Jesus. And sometimes they don't and they're such a trouble that they have to go. They can't stay here. Not every child receives it. Not every adult receives it. One of the hardest things I deal with is when people come through our doors and they go out the other side and they disappear back into wherever it is that they came from. And I didn't see them changed. I didn't see Jesus touch them. I didn't see them, their lives transformed from darkness to light. But the scripture says not everybody's going to believe. Listen, (laughs) I mean, I'm just telling you, worship ought to be so easy for you because you heard and you believed. Do you know how blessed you are? You heard and you believed. My father-in-law's life is literally hanging in the balance every time his heart beats. And it could be the last time it beats. His soul is hanging in the balance. I walked this morning and as I walked in the darkness, I cried out to God that he would be saved. Because I don't want him to die and go to hell. Man, we're so blessed that we've already come in. Amen. We've already come in the gate. We already know Jesus. Listen to the last verse. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news of Christ. The King James says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now let me back up and I want to make sure you understand what I just read to you. Verse 9 and 10 says there's two steps to salvation. You have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ has been raised from the dead. Verse 13 says this is for anybody who wants it. Verse 17 says you get faith by hearing God's word. Now here's here's my point this morning. Here's what I want you to get. The only way to please God is to have faith. The only way to have faith is to hear the word of God. You see, you heard the gospel. Bill, you heard the gospel. I heard the gospel. When I was a child, I heard the gospel. And it sparked faith in my heart. And I said yes to Jesus. You heard the gospel. It sparked faith in your heart. And you received Jesus. But listen, it doesn't stop there. That's just where it starts. Every time you read the Bible, it stirs and strengthens and builds your faith. Listen, when you read the Bible, when you listen to preaching, you're feeding your faith and you're starving your doubts. That's why it's so important you go to a church that preaches out of the Bible. I went to a funeral this last year and the name of Jesus was not even mentioned once at the funeral. And this place claims to be a church. You see, because if you go hear good talks, but you don't hear any Bible, your faith doesn't grow. Because the only way you can have faith is by hearing the word 
of God. Now let me explain it to you this way. It's very simple. Every one of you in here eat. And when you eat food, food feeds your body. And it feeds your body so you have natural strength for life. Isn't that simple? We know that, right? Okay. You know, you don't eat. And while you're eating, think, man, I hope this is working. I hope as I'm eating this food, it's going to give me strength. No, it happens naturally. You consume food. That food fuels your body to live your life and do what you do every day. And you never once fret over whether it's going to work or not because it just happens automatically. Faith is the very same way. Listen to it. God's word feeds your spirit, your soul, and your body for supernatural strength for life. Let me read it to you one more time. God's word feeds your spirit, your soul, and your body for supernatural strength or faith for life. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to become self-reflective. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, you know, pastor says you need faith, so you go home and start reading your Bible, and here's what you do. Oh, man, I hope this is working. I hope I'm getting faith. I hope I have enough faith. I mean, I, I don't, maybe I don't have enough faith to please God. I mean, I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm trying to go to church, but maybe I don't have enough faith. No, 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 don't, don't do that, all right? You don't, when you go eat lunch today, listen, at my house after church, we're having spaghetti and meat sauce, and none of you are invited. There will not be enough. By the time Arthur and Kurt go through the line, there's not much left. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm just saying there's not enough. But when we sit down to eat, we don't wonder whether that food is going to fuel us for life. We know it is. Listen, when you read your Bible, when you come to church, I want you to know in your heart this. God is a generous rewarder, and my faith is being fueled, and I'm living a supernatural faith-filled life, and it pleases God. Are you with me? Now, I want to go to another place, and I want to show you another scripture. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 13. I'm sorry, Acts, hang on here, Acts eleven thirteen. I'm sorry. Let me set this up. Peter's at his house praying, and he has a vision. And a big sheet comes down from heaven, and it comes down to where he's at. And this big sheet is filled with all kinds of animals. It says in the Bible, animals and reptiles and beasts and all kinds of animals. And God tells Peter, Peter, I want you to get up, and I want you to kill, and I want you to eat. And Peter says, no, Lord, I can't eat anything unclean. Now, he was a Jew, and they had Jewish dietary laws. Okay, and what God was showing Peter is, is in the New Testament, you don't have those dietary laws and you don't have to live by that anymore. And God tells him, don't say anything I've made is unclean. You know what the Bible says we're supposed to do when we eat? We're supposed to pray over it and eat it. Listen, anything you can pray over, you can eat because you and I live in the New Testament. While this is happening, somebody knocks on his door and he goes to the door. Well, there's a guy in another part of town who had an angel visit him. Then this angel said, hey, why don't you all go get Peter and have Peter come back to the house and he'll explain the gospel to you. He'll explain the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and you can get saved. So they leave and they go. Peter's finishing with his vision. They knock on the door and he comes to the door. Let me read to you what happens. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, 
Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, verse 14, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Now, here's what I want you to see in this very simple little example. Peter used words. He used the words out of the gospel, which was the good news. He came to their house and he said, just like the pastor came to my house, he came to their house. And he said, hey, Jesus died on a cross because he loved you. And he spent three days in the grave. And he rose from the dead for your justification. And if you'll confess and believe, you can be saved. And you know what happened? Faith sparked in their heart. And every one of them got saved. The same thing happened to me. The same thing happened to them. The same thing happened to you if you're saved. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning that's so powerful. How do you get faith? You get faith by hearing the word of God. He used words. They heard the words. It sparked faith in their heart. Listen to me, church. Don't miss this. Read your Bible. Your faith will grow. Come to church and hear good preaching. Your faith will grow. Listen, I know people feel guilty because they don't read their Bibles. You shouldn't feel guilty. You should feel hungry. Right? You should be hungry. Because when you read the Bible, it feeds your faith. Hey, pastor, I don't know if I understand the Bible. Hey, that's okay. I know the author. You do too. When you read it, say, hey, would you show me what you want me to see in this? And he will. And just like eating a steak or eating spaghetti and meat sauce after church, it'll feed your faith. And you know what happens? You're pleasing God. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And you thought you had to go to New Guinea to do that. Right? I was scared to death the whole time I was a kid growing up in church, right? The missionaries had come preach and I would hide, man. Because I just knew God was going to say, you need to go to New Guinea and eat fried monkey and green bananas. I didn't want to go to New Guinea. I don't know what New Guinea looks like. It might be pretty nice, right? Right. You know what you have to do to please God? All you have to do is feed on his word. Spend time with him. Hang out with him. You're doing it this morning. And it'll stir your faith. And then have this bedrock truth in your life that my father is a rewarder. My father is generous. My father loves me. He's not trying to trip me up. He wants to give me strength for life, strength for my problems, strength for my job, strength for my marriage, strength for my grandkids. He wants to take the word and fuel me up. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then you know what happens in your life? Then you're pleasing God. Let me give you one more thought. When you see God's grace, he sees your faith. When you see God's grace, he sees your faith. What do you mean, Pastor? Father, I just thank you this morning that you're a rewarder. I thank you that you're generous, and I thank you that you take care of our family. And, Lord, as I read your word this morning, you strengthen my faith. Bam, it happens just like that. And you recognize his grace, and he recognizes your faith. And you know what you do? You get closer to God every single day. And then walking with him and talking with him is just, there's no, it's normal. So God said, I want your faith to be seen this year. And I want you to use your faith this year. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do it by hearing the word of God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to share Jesus when I have the opportunity to do it. I'm not going to be afraid to tell people, hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, I was lost. Now I'm found. My life's better. 
man, my life was messed up. My life is better. As I do that, my faith grows. My relationship with God grows. And then you know what happens? You have an effortless faith, and your life is pleasing God. Y'all stand up and let's pray. Their faith saved them. Your faith saved you. Next week, I'm going to show you how your faith can heal you. All right. Their faith saved them. Your faith saved you. Because you heard the word of God and you said yes to Jesus. I'm going to show you next week how you can hear the word of God on healing. And their faith healed them and your faith can heal you. Father, I love you and I thank you this morning. I thank you that you've given to every man a measure of faith and that as we read the Word of God, as we talk to you, our faith grows. And as it grows, our lives please you because we know that you are a generous, rewarding Father, that you have our best interests at heart. Father, I pray you strengthen and encourage every single person in this service today, that you draw our hearts towards you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said?